worship the holiness of God. Don't do anything else right now. Just worship the holiness of God. The seraphims worship the holiness. The four living creatures worship the holiness. The 24 elders worship the holiness. All creatures in heaven worship the holiness. Let us all join our hearts and worship the holiness of God. Worship the holiness of God. He is holy. 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 Lord God Almighty. Who was. Who is. And who is to come. Don't think about anything else right now. Just worship the holiness. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, the first and the last, is holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Fill their hearts, Lord, with your holiness right now. Let the spirit of holiness come and wash them, sanctify them all over their being and even upon the airwaves. Let the airwaves over the nation of the United States be cleansed. Let your wave of holiness sweep all over this nation, preparing the way of the Lord. Thank you, wonderful Lord Jesus. Glorious Jesus. Sweep Lord. Let a wave of your holiness. Sweep. All over this place right now. All over every home. That is watching this program through internet, through satellite television, over every continent, over every nation. 
that all the angels in each nations each continents lift up their voices lift up their hands and worship the holiness of god right now let the angels of the waters let the angels of the winds let the angels of the atmosphere lift up their voices and worship the holiness of god let the angels of every planets over all the heavens that his words are now permeating through let every planet let every star lift up their voices and worship the holiness of god let them all holy 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 lord god almighty who was who is and who is to come let the glory of your sound the sound of heaven now reverberate in each and every soul let the ears hear the sound of heaven glorifying the holiness of god do a deep work of cleansing lord spread of holiness i ask you now to do a deep work of cleansing do a deep work of purifying do a deep work of sanctification and a deep work of circumcising the foreskin of their hearts that these may be a holy people set apart for the lord jehovah thank you father come and lift up your holy hands and give him thanks open your mouth and say thank you lord jesus open your mouth and say thank you lord jesus thank you father on high thank you blessed holy spirit
Blessed art thou, O Lord of our God, O King of the whole universe. We come before your holy presence this evening, Lord. Thank you for the spirit of holiness that you release in our midst to sanctify us, to purify us, that we may be a holy people. A holy people of covenant dedicated unto you Lord one thing we ask you Lord keep us blameless keep us without defilement establish us that we may stand blameless on the day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back again that we may be found without spot and wrinkle before the eyes of the father of all glory before the eyes of the all-consuming fire before the eyes of the devouring fire serve us Lord holy thank you father now I ask you spread of the living God <coughs> open our hearts Open our ears. Give us an understanding heart and a listening ear that we may hear what the Spirit of God will speak to the churches and to the nation of the United States of America today. In the name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody please be seated. Thank you. Let's give a good appreciation of honor to our brother Terry McCallum. Good to see you after one year. Two years ago, on the 5th of June at uh, one day during our conference in Jerusalem as I was about to go up to speak and uh, a similar thing like what happened earlier happened that day and I felt that the spirit of holiness was going to be released in the meeting so I whispered to the worship leader I said, don't stop. Sing a song about the holiness of God and lead the people into a holy presence of God. And as soon as I said that, the worship leader, the very godly man of God, he knelt down. And as soon as he knelt down, his entire worship team knelt down and lifted up their voices and began to worship the holiness of God. And when they did, without a single word being spoken, every one of the 800 delegates, they all knelt down and began to worship the holiness of God. And I was kneeling stage. And as I was kneeling down, the Lord Jesus Christ manifested before me. And when I saw his face, he was weeping. Not only he was weeping, 
but there was great sorrow on his face. But in such an atmosphere of worshipping the holiness, we would rather expect him to be like in either manifest in as a god of holiness or as a king of glory. That was what I was expecting. But I was moved with a wonderment, shock and bewilderment to see the sorrow on his face and the tears that were rolling down like rivers. And I was wondering what was the problem. And then Lord Jesus said, persecution and martyrdom is coming. My people are going to flee and be persecuted. But they are not prepared for it. Saying that he again was crying, weeping with tears. And more importantly, I saw the great sorrow on his face. Persecution and martyrdom is coming. But my people are not prepared. They are not prepared at all. Nominal Christians as well as all those who claim to be remnant Christians. They are not prepared. And the reason why we are not prepared is because we have been wrongly taught that before, before all this persecution, martyrdom takes place, will be raptured. So, it, it's all inside us, an escapist theology, a mentality, that not to worry about all this. Before the mark of the beast comes, we'll be raptured. Before the persecution comes, before the antichrist comes, we'll all be raptured. So we need not worry about all that. You know, that theology is absolutely wrong. I started my ministry in the 80s under old Pentecostal teaching. And the old Pentecostal teaching teaches all this. So I grew up under that. And I was also very vociferously preaching that about the rapture. It comes first and then followed by all the other things. But in the year 2006, the last week of the month of May, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared before me and he said, the time has come for, some, uh, for Matthew chapter 24 verse 8 to be fulfilled. So I looked at my Bible and it says, these are the beginnings of sorrows. So I wondered what that word literally meant, beginnings of sorrows. So I asked the Lord Jesus and then he explained to me that all these persecution are going to come one after another. So I told the Lord Jesus, but we need not worry about all this because the rapture will come and we'll all be caught away. And the most important factor, isn't it that we should get ready for the rapture? The Lord Jesus looked at me and he said, all you guys are wrong. All your theology is wrong. And then for the next 90 minutes, he sat by my bed through the book of Revelation.
explaining clearly how the events will take place that before the rapture this persecution will begin the mark of the beast will be introduced the whole world will be tried the whole world will be forced to make a decision concerning their allegiance to who to the one true living god jehovah or through the so called self proclaimed god antichrist who this will be the challenge that will be before us a global persecution <coughs> resulting in martyrdom is coming all over the world not just in one nation or two nation so all over the world includes the united states am i right it includes everybody you know a global persecution was prophesied not by the prophets yesterday and today is none other than the lord jesus christ himself in revelation chapter 3 verse 10 he says like this because you have kept my command to persevere i also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth from the first century till now such a thing of a persecution or a test or a trial on a global scale has not happened yet it has happened on a national scale in this nation there in that nation there nations like china nation like russia pockets here and there and then one nation here one nation there but not on a global scale so this word that the lord jesus prophesied is for these last days these last days so in these last days a trial is going to come upon the whole world and the trial will result in a test now look at these two important words in that scripture trial and test the word trial in the greek means a putting to proof by experience of evil you will experience an evil that will put you to the test of your faith you will be allowed to experience evil just like how you may have heard of stories of ministers of god in russia and china been persecuted they experience the evil in their bodies in their minds they experience it and that was a trial they went through some came out gold and some fell away backslided they couldn't take the tortures they couldn't take the pain and they denied the lord jesus christ and embraced communism or atheism it has happened in the past it will happen again in our days it will always go in a circle so the word test in the greek means to test or discipline so it will be a discipline 
A discipline is something of like punishment, of like tortures. So if you put these two words together, it conveys a concept that tests of an experience of evil that will be a proof if our faith can test, can stand that test. will be subject to evil. Evil will come in many forms. Evil can come through legislation, a law being passed, and as a result of the law, you can do this, you can do that, and if you try to do that, be imprisoned, persecuted, put to jail, or even die in jail. You know, recently, just uh, about two years ago, President Putin of Russia has signed a new law that you cannot even conduct a Bible study in your own home. You cannot, a Christian cannot read his Bible on the public anywhere. If you want to read your Bible, you read it at home. Number one. Number two, no foreigner is allowed to go to Russia to preach. Not allowed. Even if there is a sponsoring church or church in Russia that will invite you, you are not allowed. And even Russians cannot go from house to house conducting a prayer meeting. You can do all that. This, I'm, uh, this is not during the Cold War, before the Berlin War came down. This is right now, right now. So, how far away from all this? In the whole North Korea, America is now shaking hands with North Korea. But do you know how much of persecution takes place in North Korea? Similar to what I just told you about Russian. In North Korea, there's one religion called Juche. And the religion of Juche is the worship of the president of North Korea. He is the God. So everybody, every North Korean, they must bow down and worship him. Him, the president, President Kim. The president, you must have seen pictures of President Trump meeting President Kim, right? Him, his father, and his grandfather. So every Korean homes have three portraits of these three generations. And they all bow down and they worship them. So Christianity is outlawed in North Korea. So, the nations are facing this. This has begun in pockets. But now it will become worldwide on a global scale. Every nation will persecute Christians. It is coming and it will result in martyrdom. In Revelation chapter 6, Verses 9 to 11, 
you read about a vision that the apostle John saw when the fifth seal in the scroll that the Lord Jesus had in his hand was broken and he saw a large altar in one place in heaven and below the altar he saw a huge company of men and women and children standing there and they were crying a few weeks ago I had an awesome experience of seeing this exact scene in, in the exact place and the exact spot where the Apostle John stood in heaven and I saw in greater detail than what you read in the script, three scriptures the, there was a river of blood that flowed from the altar and it flowed down all the walls of the altar fresh warm blood and it's flowing non-stop you know last week when we were in Canada we had a day off and we went to see the Niagara Falls and the, the one thing that amazed me about the Niagara Falls was the waters flow non-stop from where they were coming where they were going I stood there and wondered for a long time non-stop that was how I saw the blood on the altar it was flowing non-stop flowing and flowing and flowing and below the altar stood a company of martyrs and these martyrs came and told me how they were killed every one of them shared their testimony how they were killed and then the Lord Jesus told them so they cried to the Lord in Revelation chapter 6 verse 10 how long O Lord holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth how long will you keep quiet how long will you remain patient the blood of Thomas like them have been crying for 2000 years for against all those who killed him in India India is a blessed land because the Apostle Thomas was sent there and do you know how he was martyred his back was skinned his back was peeled they peeled the skin and they threw chili powder on his back and he was screaming and crying and they forced him to run up a hill as he was running they took spear and they speared him that's how Thomas died so does every martyred saint in every nation they're all standing there lifting up their hands have you heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer I saw him standing in the center of Germany he lifted up his hands looking up to heaven and was praying for Germany and the words come out how long more Lord how long but there is a different 
perspective to the word how long. This I was shown, explained by this martyr saints in heaven. When they said, how long will you not take vengeance for our blood? It mean, it meant, how long more, Lord, will you not cause salvation to come as a result of the life that we laid down for the sacrifice that we did? That's the real intent of why? Until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So God has a portion, a number. How many? We don't know. Now look at those two important words there. Fellow servants and brethren. They talk of two groups. Fellow servants meaning the ministers of God. And brethren meaning believers. Brethren does not mean just brothers but also includes sisters and children. How long? Until the number is completed. A certain number is set aside. If you read Revelation chapter 7, 144,000 were sealed. See, there is a number there, 144,000. The scriptures very specifically gives a number, 144,000. And then later on, if you read, when you read in the book of Revelation, when the judgment was poured out, the apostle John heard it being said, 7,000 were killed. See, again, an accurate number is given there. And when the wrath of God is being poured out, Revelation chapter 15 tells us, seven angels came out from the temple of God, bearing the bowls of the wrath of God. And in Revelation chapter 8, we read, seven angels with seven trumpets came out from the temple of God to blow. See, there is a number, a certain number, that has been apportioned by God to be fulfilled in the same manner. A number for martyrs has been apportioned. Apportioned. You may be called. One of the call the Lord has given me is to raise up an army of martyrs. Raise up an army of martyrs. I didn't know much about martyrdom. But one day, in the month of May 1984, I was in one city to attend a seminar. And the Lord Jesus came to me. And he said, I want to speak to you. Take your notebook and write down whatever I'm going to tell you now. And he spoke to me about martyrs. Little did I know why he's sharing those to me. And for 30 minutes, he spoke about martyrs. And then he said, keep this in your heart. And when the time comes, I will tell you what to do. That was in 1984. And 30 years later, the Lord told me, now that time has come. Raise up an army of martyrs. And teach them 
what I have taught you. And we conducted the first martyrs conference two years ago in Chennai. Followed by another martyrs conference recently. And this year, I mean in the coming new year, in 2020, the Lord has told me to conduct seven martyrs conference in seven nations. And one nation is the United States. And two, two days after the Lord told me this, this wonderful couple of my, my wonderful minister friends from Cincinnati, please stand up for a moment, please. This is, these are my wonderful friends, ministers from Cincinnati. They wrote me, inviting me to a convention. Was it last year that I came or the year before? So two years ago I came to their conference in Cincinnati. It was an ordinary prophetic conference. You could have invited me for an ordinary prophetic conference. But they specifically wrote to me, we want you to come and do a martyrs conference. And you didn't know that the Lord had given me a mandate. And when the Lord told me about US, I was wondering where in the US to do the conference. Whether to do it in our home hometown, home city in Lancaster. That's where we usually do our conference. But then when I got your invitation, I knew that that's the place in Cincinnati. So next year in Cincinnati, will be where the conference for martyrs will be conducted. Please sit down. So you want to know more about, no, don't clap. If you want to know more about that conference, please talk to them after the meeting. Zealous Christian warriors. Now this is a counsel from the Lord. Zealous Christian warriors must arise as willing martyrs. You know, to be a martyr is the greatest honor and greatest call any Christian can receive. Not everybody will receive that call. But if you are called, that is the greatest honor. They have a special place in heaven. The martyrs stay in a different place, a different kingdom for them. Then they have such a privilege like no other person. And every wound in a martyr's body shines like stars in heaven. They retain in their body those marks. Even in their glorified immortal body, the Lord allows the marks to remain as a testimony for eternity that these are the ones who laid down their lives for me. For a proof of that, find in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, a lamb of God appeared before the throne as if it was slain. It is the Lord Jesus and the lamb appeared with a mark around its neck as if it was slain and blood was dripping. That's how it appeared before God to take the scroll. So the marks even on the Lord Jesus' body, the marks remain for eternity as a sign. You know when all the future generations that will be born, even in the new millennium, they will never know 
about the Messiah. They'll not know about the crucifixion that the Lord Jesus went through. And when they see the wounds on the hands of the Lord Jesus, then the then the drama of the crucifixion, the passion of the Lord Jesus Christ will all be retold them. I once saw in heaven, you know, babies when they die in at childbirth or miscarriage, they know nothing about the Lord Jesus. They they are kept in a place in heaven, in one place in paradise, called children's paradise. On my very first visit to heaven in 1984, I was taken to the place. And I saw how children are taught, those children that are killed, those children that are aborted. They all are safely kept in this part of heaven. And there, they are taught about the Lord Jesus Christ story. They all gather in a classroom and an adult angel that looks like a female is their teacher. And as he narrates the story, the children all sit in a circle, you know, and in the center, they see in 360 degree dimension in vivid video color three-dimensional the li entire life of the Lord Jesus from the day he was conceived in Mary's womb till the day he was taken up to heaven they see everything and when especially when the Lord Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane all these little children fall on their faces and they cry and they cry and they cry They'll beat on their chest and they weep and they weep. <coughs> and they weep the loudest when he was crucified on the cross. Tears rolled down uncontrollably. And their whole faces becomes red when they see the suffering of the Lord Jesus. And then they get consoled when they see that the Lord Jesus was resurrected. They all get consoled. And the angels then explain to them why the Lord Jesus died. Because salvation must also be brought to them. Everyone must be redeemed. The message of redemption is preached over and over again. So, the life of a martyr, the blood of a martyr is very, very, very precious. Now persecution and martyrdom will take place on a global scale. In Revelation chapter 11 verses 3 to 6 we read about the ministry of the two witnesses who will come in these last days. And if you read the passage of scripture the Holy Bible is silent about their identity. Who they really are we don't know. However, if you look at the signs and the methods of their ministry, it resembles the ministries of the prophets Moses and Elijah. So who they really are, theologians are debating over it. 
so we'll not go into that theology of fighting so when people ask me the question i tell them i say i said i know the identity so they'll ask me well, who they are when they come to israel you will all know them we don't need to split as over all these non essential issues you will know who they are because their ministry will be in israel period very simple two mighty prophets who will do miracles like how moses and elijah did the whole world will hear about that if not reported on cnn angel tv will report it amen, amen. that is why god has raised us up and do you know that out, out of the 12 channels that we have we have one channel dedicated to israel and our channel is viewable in 600 homes in israel through a local cable network called the hot cable system 600 to 900000 homes and lately in the last one year we have been receiving letters from many israelis who are watching angel tv and we have programs in not just the indian language also simultaneously interpreted in the hebrew language so all the jews hear it in their own language and when the two ministries begin their ministry we were live telecasts that is the reason why god has been training us from the year 2008 to do live telecasts of our television programs even this conference right now is been televised live on all of angel tv's 12 networks that covers the whole world we were the first christian television not even christian television if not even among secular we were the first television station to broadcast live continuously for 5 days in the history of israel not even secular television has done that the very first conference that we did in jerusalem in the year 2008 it was televised live over the whole world and then 3 years later the conference that we did in mount carmel it's in a remote place and it was almost impossible to hold all the instruments for satellite dishes up on mount carmel the satellite company told me it is impossible to do because there is no electricity up on the mountain i said i will bring electricity you bring your vehicle and that's exactly what we did we spoke to the power company and we brought electricity to the mountain of mount carmel and it was televised live to the whole world on mount carmel now why all this the lord is preparing preparing a network for him so that when he comes when his ministers when the two witness ministry the whole world because the two witnesses will personally be in israel to do their ministry simultaneously there will be two remnant companies 
the Moses company and the Elijah company all over the world. And these two witnesses will be like captains giving them directions how they should do their ministry. So how are the rest of them going to see? Angel TV Network. For that purpose, God raises up to do that work. So everyone will be guided by the Spirit of the Living God for one last final harvest. And the scripture says the two witnesses will do their ministry for three and a half years. Exactly like how the Lord Jesus did his ministry. At the end of the three and a half years, Okay, before the end and during the period of the three and a half years the Antichrist and the false prophet will also be in this world during that time but the Holy Spirit will restrain the Antichrist from coming against them and the world powers from coming against the remnant which means during the three and a half years of ministry suppose all the remnants in the United States. No evil government will be able to lay their hands on you and you equip with the powers of the age to come. Equip with all the seven horns of the Lamb. Equip with all the seven eyes of the Lamb and equip with the seven spirits of God. You will go from coast to coast in the US to preach that Jehovah God is Lord God. And the kingdom of God is coming back again. And you will perform signs and wonders exactly like how the two witnesses will do in Israel. For such a time as this, God is preparing his remnant people. Remnant people. That is why a greater level of consecration is demanded not required, demanded from his people. If you cannot consecrate yourself, doesn't matter. You'll be just asked to step aside. That doesn't mean you will go to hell. You won't go to hell. Just the only difference is you have just missed the first call. That's all. You know, in a race, when people run a race, when they participate in the Olympics, the first three wins the prize, right? The gold, the silver, and the bronze. And they all come and stand on a platform. All the three are winners. They all get a medal. But there's nothing like a gold medal. A silver medal is good. So is a bronze medal. At least you get a medal. But... The person who got a silver medal will feel prick in his heart. If only I had run a little faster. Am I right? If only I had run a little faster. I lost by one second. Oh my. If only. If only. That's how those who miss will feel. They are the foolish virgins. The foolish virgins are not bad, you know. Eventually, I'm sure they have to have 
entered into the supper after everybody had left. See, they still had the lamb in their hands. They still had the little oil. So, and they were virgins, waiting to meet the bridegroom. So they are not evil people. Just that they were foolish. They were foolish. And they missed the best wine. The first wine. They missed it. That's their only fault. The call is extended to everybody. The honor is extended to everyone irrespective of who you are, what is your spirituality. Whether you are mature Christian or immature Christian, doesn't matter. The call of God goes to everybody. You saw how I prayed for the little children. I prayed for them exactly like how I pray for the adults. Because they have a destiny similar to the adults. In fact, greater. It was seven years ago. I, an angel of God visited me and he read from a scroll. The time has now come for Psalms 8-2 to be fulfilled. So therefore, raise an army of children. And if you read Psalms chapter 8 verse 2, it talks about babies who are still drinking milk from their mother and toddlers, which is from age of zero, from the time they were born, right up to two or three years old. That age group of children have a call for these last days. That is why I urge churches and pastors, don't teach, don't neglect the children. Don't neglect them and consider them as stupid or unintelligible or they don't know. Don't treat them like that. To your eyes, it may appear they are children. This was the same debate I had, you know. When the Lord told me to start a TV program for fetus, I said, Lord, you told me to do program for children. At least the children can sit down and watch television. How can a fetus in the mother's womb watch television? So the Lord told me, that's not your problem. Your responsibility is to create a program and invite women who are six months pregnant and above to come and sit before your program. And when they are watching your program, the fetus in their womb will hear what you are speaking. And when you pray for their spiritual eyes to be open, their eyes will be open. And when you pray, for them to be filled in the Holy Spirit. Right in their mother's womb. They will be filled in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So. I was still wondering. Lord how is it possible? So the Lord told me. They can hear. I said how? Then he said have you not read the scriptures? When Mary visited Elizabeth. Who was six months pregnant. And Elizabeth says, as soon as I heard your voice, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And the Lord said, 
a six-month-old fetus can hear. And later on, I made some discovery. I read some medical journals and I found the first organ to be fully developed is the ear at six months. More than any other organs in the body, the ear is completely developed. So that proved the scriptures, right? That the babies, they can hear. So, when the first program we conducted, I invited six women to our television studio. So, it was a one-hour program and we had some worship and then uh, I have my staffs uh, have the mothers make some confessions and all that and after that I share the message. After sharing the message, this is the very first program that we, we ever recorded. So I asked all the six women to stand up. I said, lay your hands on your stomach. Now this is a testimony from one of my cameramen. He said, as I started praying, for some reason, this cameraman said he was just moved by the Holy Spirit to point the camera at one woman's stomach. And she was about seven either six or seven months pregnant. And as I prayed, he saw the baby jump up and down, poop, 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 poop. It was caught on camera. And the mother later on testified that was the first time the baby jumped in her womb. And the baby got filled in the Holy Spirit right there. So now you tell me, who are we to prevent this from being trained for the kingdom of God? Who are we? Don't use your intellect to prevent them from being trained as warriors, from being trained as prophets, from being trained as martyrs. You know, if you read First Samuel chapter 3, when the Lord appeared before Samuel, it's about five years old. And if you study the prophecy that the Lord spoke to him, it is adult level prophecy. So when I read that, I asked the Lord Jesus a question. Lord, how in the world did you expect little Samuel to understand all that? And the Lord Jesus looked at me and he said, a prophet need not understand. A prophet need just to repeat what I say. That's a prophet's job. Period. Amen. A pastor must have love and compassion to care for the sheep. A teacher must study the word, understand the word very well in order to teach. An evangelist must know the people, the land, the culture, and know the word very well to preach. So only the prophet should never ever use his intellect to, to discern or try to figure out what it is before he says. He is not allowed. He is just like this speaker. So the speaker repeats whatever I say. Does it ever pause to think, no, better not say this.
you know, I have a weird habit. Suddenly I will raise my voice. Does it ever reduce my sound level? The sound man will do that. But not this speaker. This speaker is a faithful servant. It perfectly repeats whatever I say. You know, one day, the Lord explained this to me and he said, Remember, you are just like that. A prophet is a, like a speaker box. He just merely repeats what he's hearing heaven say. You don't subtract, you don't add anything. You say as how it is. Pastors don't do like that. They like to soften it. Because they are, they are compassionate, you know. They are, they, they'll take the word, they'll say the word, but they soften the impact. Say it very nicely. If God calls you, you adulterous generation, they'll say, oh, you people. <laughs> See a person with John the Baptist anointing, you adulterous generation. Will say like that, but a pastor who receives such a word will say, Oh, you people <laughs> who do not stay in your house but go from house to house. <laughs> you are not faithful to your wife. But you stray. You stray. <laughs> See, they are very kind-hearted. Very, very, they are very, you cannot, a pastor cannot do otherwise. They are made differently. The anointing upon them is very different. They are so compassionate, very father-like, always caring for the sheep, always want the best for the sheep. A prophet is not like that. He doesn't care. To them, see, why he doesn't care? Because he's just a speaker box. He just says exactly like how he says, how God speaks. When the prophet Elijah came before Ahab, you know, Ahab is a king, king of the whole land, with all the military might at his disposal. And the king looks and says, Are you the one who's troubling Israel? And Elijah looks, It's not me, it's you. They don't care, they don't fear. We need this kind of breed in these last days. Breed. You know, every pastor, every apostle, every evangelist, every teacher in these last days will become a prophetic pastor, a prophetic teacher. A prophetic apostle, a prophetic evangelist. You have no choice. <coughs> you have no choice. When the Joel 2.28 anointing is poured out, you will receive a prophetic unction. And you will function in your office, but anointed with a prophetic unction. That will be an uncompromising breed 
that will rise up in these last days. That will fear no evil. Will fear no law of the land. And their knees will only bow down to Jehovah God. No other. Amen. 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 Are you one of them? So for three and a half years, there's nothing the Antichrist or the false prophet or all the governments of this world be able to lay a finger on the two witnesses plus all the remnants all over the world. Because the Holy Spirit will be restraining them. But after their ministry is completed, Revelation chapter 11 verse 7 says, the beast will make war with them and overcome them and kill them. So once the beast kills the two witnesses, there will be a worldwide persecution. Because now the restraining hand that was upon them has been removed. So now they will go out to hunt all the remnants all over the world. A worldwide persecution that the Lord Jesus prophesied in Matthew chapter 24 verses 15 to 20 and Luke chapter 21 verse 12 to 16 will begin to be fulfilled. Two groups of people will be persecuted during that period. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 6 and 7 says the Jews will be persecuted. And Revelation chapter 12 verse 13 verse 15 and verse 17 says the remnant Christians not all Christians the remnant and who are the remnant those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of the Lord Jesus and the faith of the Lord Jesus the testimony of the Lord Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation chapter 19 verse 10 tells us like that. The spirit of the prophecy is the Joel 2.28 anointing of the last days. So they will be, they must have that anointing. That is the seven horns anointing. The seven eyes anointing. The seven spirits of the Lord's anointing. The spirit of testimony. The spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ will rest in you. It is the spirit of prophecy that will cause you to prophesy. It is the spirit of prophecy that will cause you to command heavens to shut, that it will not rain. It will command the waters to turn to blood. And it will do all kinds of impossible miracles where there is no precedence anywhere in history. Not even in Bible history. In the Bible, we read of many signs and wonders. And in the, la in the 20th century, 21st, early 21st century, we read of many wonderful men and women of God that were raised and were used mightily in the healing ministry. Just two days ago, I saw an old video of the great man of God, A.A. A. Allen. And in this video, a man who is paralyzed, totally paralyzed, and never spoke in his life was brought in a wheelchair to the meeting. 
So brother Alan just asked him a few questions. Of course he just can answer. And he asked his wife and the wife affirmed that all his life has been like that. It's a black man. To all black men. So after speaking a few words and then he asked him, he asked his wife, when do you think your husband will be healed? She said, right now. Right now. She didn't say, I hope he will be healed. She said, right now, he will be healed. She had that faith to believe. And then Br Brother Alan went on his knees, laid his hands on the man's legs, and he prayed a very simple prayer, and shook the man's legs, and said, now get up! He got, he got up from the wheelchair. Not only he got up from the wheelchair, he started talking. He started talking, and he pushed the wheelchair all over the place. Now you see, you get so excited by that. But I tell you, you will do more than that. This generation will do more than that. Will do more than that. Because God will pour out the seven spirits of the Lord. He will pour out the seven horns anointing. You will do more than any other generation that has ever done. That is why God requires greater consecration. A greater no-nonsense attitude from you. If you are not willing to pay that price, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. God will only look for those who are willing to pay the price. Those who are willing to just lay down everything. Those who have an attitude of implicit obedience. Implicit obedience is an attitude that doesn't ask questions. No ifs, no buts, no nothing. If the commander says, jump, they jump. The commander says, go, they go. And that remnant has no animosity in their heart. They are not threatened by one another. They don't consider each other a competitor. No, they all join hands in arms. And they'll walk together. And they'll do the work together. And they don't care who gets the glory. They don't care. This afternoon, after my lunch, I saw one funny video. The funny video is, animals rescuing animals. So I thought it was so strange to see a title like that. So I clicked on that to see what it's all about. Just a short eight-minute video. So I saw in the first instant, a crow fell into a pond and it was drowning. And a bear saw the little crow drowning and the bear reached down its leg and lifted up the crow and put it on the land. And the crow, you know, it was almost dead because it, it must have swallowed all the water. So I thought the crow had died. Poor crow. <laughs> Not only poor crow, but poor efforts wasted. Right? Because the bear had to 
also protect itself from falling into the pond and he stretch out his hand to lift up the crow so after the crow came to life you know what happened next the bear just walked away so when i looked at that and then another video this time was a pick uh, a pick p i g I'm sorry for my Indian accent. Okay, P P I G. How do you pronounce that? That's what I said. <laughs> so, <coughs> a dog. A little puppy, it fell into the pond, and it was struggling for life. So this little pig jumped into the water, and it swam near the dog and pushed him, pushed him, pushed him out up the land. And then when both of them came up to the land, the the dog was still, you know, <laughs> thinking whether is it in heaven or death. The amazing thing is, the pig just walked away after doing its duty. So when I looked at that, I pondered, if this was a picture of a man saving another man, what would the man, the savior would have done? Oh, cameraman, come here quickly. Come here quickly. Tell us what happened to you. Come on. Press the microphone. Tell us, come on, tell everybody. Give glory to God, come on, right now. Tell, cameraman, why are you sitting there? Come quickly. Come on, man. He said, he said he's still wet. Say, come on, don't worry. Use this towel, wipe your... All right, come on. Give God the glory. And then after this poor dying man gives God the glory... And his picture is published in their ministry's magazine, in their television program, and say, therefore, God can do the same thing for you. How many of you believe that? People will be expected to lift up their hands. Come on, sow into our ministry. So we can save more people. all these acts of clowns that we do today but look at the animals they just walked away without even waiting for a word of thanks he just walked away now that is what is written in Joel chapter 2 verses 1 to 11 concerning the last days remnant they do not care for name fame or anything they don't care their one attitude is God sent me to save you I've done my duty and God gets all the glory so you should have that attitude die to name die to fame die to glory die to all that is you
to die. Only then the powers of the age to come will be poured into you. The powers of the age to come anointing will not be given to those who are full of themselves. It will only be given to empty dead vessels. You know, in the incident of Ezekiel chapter 37, the four wings came upon not a living person, upon dry bones. It came upon dry bones. Not only dry bones, dead bones. Dead. You must die. If you leave, you will not receive. You must die. Die to your name. Your name to be pronounced. Your name to be made known. Die to that. Be nameless, faceless, purposeless. Faceless. Don't care your face to be seen on posters. Don't care. It should not bother you. Whether your name is on the poster or not. That is the last day's remnant. The last day's army. Why God is picking the nobodies like you today? Because the man and the woman whom God raised in the past fell because they wanted a name, they wanted a fame, and they touched the glory of God. So, God is bypassing them all and is going after the highways and byways to pick the children, the little babies, the little children, the young people. They don't care to wear nice, no? Look at the jeans they wear with potholes everywhere. But they will raise the date. Amen. They will raise the date. I'm trying to change my mind. I'm trying not to look at their pothole jeans. I'm, I'm renewing my mind. Look beyond that. Okay, beyond that. <laughs> beyond all that. They can have rainbow colored hair. Doesn't matter. Let's look beyond all that. For the call that is in them. Amen. 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 And then the old man and the old woman. Those who are 50 and above who are retired. Or who are invalid. Your call is just going to begin. It's going to begin. Don't think it's ended. No. Your life has not ended. It's going to begin. It's going to begin. Amen. It's going to begin. You are going to be a prophet and prophetess for the glory of God. Amen. 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 You are going to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Like no one has done before. And there will also be a group of ministers of God who will be sold out for God and God will pour His anointing upon them. This is the last day's 
Joel 2:28 army that God is raising up these days and preparing them and he will pour out this anointing upon them and they will go out to do great work like the two witnesses in Israel so you are the Lord's last hope for that he requires from you a radical level of consecration a radical level that will go anywhere that God asks you to go no questions asked and you will not even say Lord but I have no money no you that is not in your vocabulary that is why God has raised up Dr. Bruce Allen to teach about translation and translocation A few years ago, I heard this testimony of a very poor village pastor in Kenya. So one day he was praying and the Lord told him to go to London to preach, to do his work. So the Lord told him specifically which day he should go. And so he packed his bag, his small suitcase full of little clothes. And he assumed that the Lord would send him the money for the air ticket and all the other stuffs. So he has seen all that. So on the day that he's supposed to leave, so he was expecting someone to come to his house and say, brother, this is the air ticket or this is the money. Go and buy a ticket and go to London. But on that day, nobody came. So he asked the Lord, what shall I do now? The Lord said, go to the Kenya International Airport. So he went to the airport hoping, you know, people who come to receive you have your name cut right ah so he was hoping to see someone with a, his name okay we are waiting for you here is the money here's a ticket so when he came to the airport there was no one so he asked lord what shall i do now so the lord told him go to the men's room so he went to the men's room and the lord specifically directed him to go to a certain cubicle in the men's room so he entered into the cubicle and the Lord said, now lift up your hands and worship me. <laughs> right in the toilet. <clears throat> well, don't laugh because most of you sing in the toilet, right? You are doing the same thing. So, this man sang at the top of his voice. Everyone who comes in the restroom are greeted by a worship. And after 30 minutes or an hour, the Lord said, okay, enough, now come out. When he stepped out, it was in Heathrow International Airport. Wait, wait, the story is not over yet. So, he, he came out at Heathrow International Airport. And the Lord told him, now go out. There's a, and he, when he came out of the airport, by the driveway, there was a man waiting. He said, are you minister so-and-so? He said, yes, please come. He was taken to a place where he did his ministry. And then after the ministry was over, now he needs to go back home, right? <laughs> you know, you know what's the worst?
he did not have a British visa. So illegal, right? No British visa, no ticket, no money. So the man who brought him to the place for ministry, brought him back to the airport, he said, bye. <laughs> so now, he was shaking. What to do? So he asked the Lord, what shall I do now? The Lord said, go to the restroom. <laughs> so he went to the restroom. And he was directed to a certain cubicle. See, a portal can manifest anywhere. Don't think a portal can only happen in a church. Even in the restroom. So, he got into the cubicle and the Lord said, lift up your hands and worship. So he worshipped for about 30 minutes or an hour. And then when he felt the anointing leave him, the Lord, he heard the Lord say, now go out. He came out. Kenya International Airport. That's how God has, that is why God has raised up this man of God to prepare this last generation for those kind of travel. Amen. That's how we are going to do the ministry in these last days. When there is impossibility of travel, you'll be in an instant translated from one end to another end to do the work of God. And then come back home. So, Christians, remnant Christians will be persecuted everywhere. Now, this worldwide persecution was prophesied by the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 7 verse 21. So, even in the Old Testament, it has been prophesied there is going to come a worldwide persecution and martyrdom and after that Revelation chapter 13 verse 12 tells us that a one world religion will be enforced you know let me tell you some current events that are taking place that we are not very far from that four years ago while we were doing a conference in Sydney Australia the Lord Jesus appeared to me and he said this present Pope of the Catholic Church is the false prophet mentioned in Revelation chapter 13. And then he explained to me with many scriptures confirming that this present Pope is the one. And I preached that. Now, next year, this Pope is calling for all religious leaders together in Holland to sign a covenant to establish one world religion. This is going to take place next year, 2020. We are not far away from all these events take place. So, we must get ready for persecution. And when the one world religion is made, the Bible tells us there that the false prophet will enforce the whole world to worship the beast. Enforce, he will literally force everyone to worship. 
And Revelation chapter 13 verse 15 tells us, those who refuse to worship, they will be martyred. They will all be martyred. And it is during that time, that a one identity, a new identity card, a new identification system, will be introduced to take a census of everybody on this earth. This first happened at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Roman Emperor introduced in census where everybody were numbered. In the same way, before the Lord Jesus comes back again, that event will be repeated. There will be a census taken for the whole world and everybody will be given a unique identity. What, how the mark of the beast will be, we don't know. Many say it's a chip. Whether it's a chip, we don't know. But one thing we know, it will be in your right hand or in your forehead. So, whichever it is, you will know that once it comes in your hand or in your forehead, you know that is the mark. And presently, this, the microchip being implanted in humans is gaining popularity. Especially the nation of Sweden. Everybody in Sweden are encouraged to take a chip. And everybody goes, puts their hand and takes a small rice grain size of a chip. So they, they have an app on their phone. And uh, with that app, the chip is synced to the app. Once it's sync, the chip in your hand is activated. So you can use the chip in your hand to open office doors or operate any kind of machines. So the chip has become a common thing in the nation of Sweden. And they say from the year 2020 onwards, every newborn baby in Sweden will be microchipped. It become mandatory. Now you tell me, once that happens there, it's just a matter of time before the, all the nations in European Union will adopt it. Because they'll say it's good. It'll protect our children. See, that's how the devil paints the picture. That it's good. For the senior citizen, good. Because you're living all alone. If you suddenly drop dead, the chief will send a message, patient dead. <laughs> and you will receive an email <coughs> on your screen, mother or father has died. Today, you know, today in the American everybody is staying alone. When your parents are staying alone, you, you all are not like the Asian society. In the Asian society, we live together. The parents live together with us. Like my mother, she stays with me. Till she goes home, she will stay with me. But American society is not like that. Everybody stays alone. I remember when I first came to the US in 1991, the family in Cincinnati, my host, their mother stayed in an apartment for senior citizens all by herself. And her son used to visit her once a week. And one summer, he could not go because they had gone for mission work in Europe. And uh, when he came back, he found the mother had died. 
and even the neighbors did not know the mother had died for three days she did not come out of a house so all the neighbors thought you know sometimes you don't want to come to the house come out of the house for whatever reasons you have so this is one evil in your society you are very individualistic nobody cares about one another oh it's we should not disturb you it's your own you have that false notion inside you very individualistic very self centered society three days later one of the neighbor walking past by smelled something so what is this smell so when she went the door the smell was stronger she called 911 when the police came and broke open the door the mother's body has half decomposed okay this is old times now in the end days the dead person will have a chip once the the heart stops beating you will get an email mother expired <laughs> so you will run immediately to give first aid treatment now again the scripture says now what is the sign the sign is it says the beast will force everybody to take the mark which means there will be some resistance there will be resistance because there's going to be resistance he will force everyone that is a sign for you that is a sign that you don't want to touch that i'm of the opinion technology is good that we use technology as much as we can for the furtherance of the gospel and for the betterment of life but when the technology gets into your hand you don't want that technology or we gets into your head you don't want that technology will rather live like a cave man than you have that kind of a technology amen but it's so difficult for us to live like cave men today because anywhere we go the first thing we want to know what's the password where is the network right you can live without food you can live without water you cannot live without wifi am i right everybody wifi is now our heartbeat it's true i do the same thing what's the password <laughs> that's why we, today we need to do a new kind of fasting fast the internet fast the internet now during that period of time of the antichrist three things god will do for the remnant some will be raptured matthew chapter 24 verses 40 to 41 some will be hidden in caves and in the wilderness revelation chapter 12 verse 6 and verses 14 to 16 and some will be martyred revelation chapter 13 verse 7 and christians will be hated during the worldwide persecution Matthew chapter 24 verse 
how will they be hated they will be ostracized and they will be treated as scum and despise and the Lord Jesus counsels you to endure till the end during this persecution and the Lord Jesus showed me that our chief persecutor are going to be the gay community the LGBTQ community will be so incensed against the Christians because they will consider the Christians as a hindering force for them to be accepted into society. See, today, this community is lobbying governments all over the world to be accepted. That same-sex marriage should be endorsed and become legal all over the world. And it is the Christians who are opposing this very much all over the world. And because of the Christians, this community is still going behind doors. So who is their one enemy? None other than the Christian community. Let me give you some recent information that took place. Two months ago, BBC News reported that the Ethiopia religious group were very angry over a US tour company that specifically organized a gay tour plan. So the, all the people who came in the tour were all gays. And the Ethiopian church, they protested to the government to block a planned visit by this US based company that organized this gay tour. So who withstood them? It's the Christians. It's the church. And the LGBTQ community will begin a worldwide campaign against them. Lobbying government to act against them by protecting gay rights. Let me give you another very recent incident. There's a pastor in Singapore one, and he pastors a very fast growing church a very good friend of mine and he's a very strong vocal against the gay community so he had bought a Bible school in Wales UK and uh, his strong stand against the gay community has been well reported all over the world especially in England so the many members of Parliament of the of England are now pressurizing the UK government to rework since to run the Bible school and kick it out of England. See, this will happen to you too. During such schism campaign against Christians, now listen carefully, during such campaign against Christians, many Christians will backslide fall away and accept the gay community's rights to coexist, co-produce, cohabit. Christians will do that. In that day, two camps will be formed against Christians or among Christians. The righteous camp and the filthy camp. 
Christian community will split into two. This is in fulfillment of Revelation chapter 22 verse 11. There will be two camps. One, the church of Satan. Church of Satan are not the gays. Christians. And the other, the bride of Christ. The remnant bride. Revelation chapter 3 verse 9. Apostasy will take root even in mainstream Christianity. Now let me give you three latest information now. This happened just a week ago. Number one. Mount Auburn Presbyterian Church in Cincinnati. On 30th June 2019. Celebrated the Gay Pride Sunday Church Service. The church was decorated with gay pride flags and rainbow colored candles were put on the church stage. And a drag queen dressed in a purple dress with high heels and a glittering beard stood at the church entrance to welcome every visitor. And then this drag queen came up to the church came up to the stage, instead of a sermon, read a book to all the children, written, a story written by a pedophile person. Now this happened in Cincinnati. That's why God is wanting you to have the Martyrs Conference there. Number two, the Ginter Park Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia ordained its first pastoral candidate who identifies as gender non-binary. I've never heard this word before. Have you? You have. Now what is gender non-binary? They are not exclusively masculine nor feminine. Then what are they? Not male, not female, what are they? Gender non-binary. Number three. There is a bill under consideration in California called ACR 99. This bill will forbid pastors from saying homosexual acts are sinful and they must affirm same-sex relationships and gender identity. ACR 99 says, whereas the California state legislature has found that being lesbian, gay, bisexual or transgender LGBTQ is not a disease, disorder, illness, deficiency or shortcoming. That's the bill they are going to pass in California. That is the reason why in just two days, just two days, two big earthquakes shook 
California. On the 4th of July, an earthquake of the Richter scale 6.4. On the 5th of July, an earthquake of 7.1. And it was followed by 5.4, 5.0, 5.5 and 5.4. All in California. You know, three years ago, I was in San Diego when the Lord Jesus appeared to me and he said, this state is going to be destroyed by an earthquake. And I saw a mighty angel, huge gigantic angel with a sledgehammer in his hand and hundreds of angels standing all along the St. Andreas Fault with the sledgehammers in their hand ready to pounce on the land and cause a major earthquake like that the history of California or the history of US has ever seen. And the Lord told me three areas, three regions in the US have been marked for a massive earthquake. Now where the other two are, I don't know. The, the one in San Andres I saw, so I tell you. If an earthquake of 10.0 strikes the US, especially in the center, the United States will split into two. And the Atlantic Ocean will flow in. And I tell you one truth right now. The anger of the Lord is boiling against the US. Please listen to me. Don't, don't make any remarks. You are, don't have a self-righteous attitude by shouting Amen and all that. What? I'm sorry to say, but you all are very foolish. Because if such a disaster strikes, you are living in this land. Have you forgotten that? How foolish you are. You too will sink under the disaster. How can you say Amen? You should fall on your face and weep and cry. See, this is the self-righteous attitude most Christians have in the US. That is why your nation is sinking down and down and down. That is why even your present president is making mistakes. Because of your self-righteous attitude. Humble yourselves. Fall on your face. And weep and cry before the living God. That all this can be spared. Stop having a self-righteous attitude. You are very, very foolish. I don't think I've seen another foolish people group like you all. Who love to see your nation destroyed. How can you have such an attitude? How can you love to see your nation destroyed? Do you know how much I cry for your nation? I keep on reminding God, Lord, remember the covenant your forefathers made for this land. Every day I pray for you. Lord, remember, spare this nation. I am not a son of the soil. You, the sons and daughters of the soil, should pray more than I do. Tomorrow I will leave and go back. 
but you stay here. When massive destruction comes, look at the flood that came in Houston. How many Christians lost their homes? Pastor Stephen Francis, church member, lived in Houston. He lost everything. Only he, his wife and their three children were saved. And their wealth were all wiped out. And they came back to their nation penniless. That's why I keep on saying to you, when judgment comes, even the righteous suffer. How could you shout Amen? How could you? You know, that is the Lord tells me, you do not know about these people. That's what he tells me. You know, Dr. White. He said, you do not know about them. They are very self-centered people. Now I see with my own eyes. My dearly beloved brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, the remnant should not be like that. The remnant must fall on his face and take hold and weep and cry, Lord spare, <coughs> Lord spare us. That should be our attitude. Please keep quiet, not now. The remnant are them that keeps the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Now at the time of testing, they should not deny the Lord and must stand steadfast like the three Hebrews. You read about them in Daniel chapter 3. Though they were threatened to be thrown into a furnace heated seven times, they say we will not bow down and worship the idol. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 8, the Lord Jesus Christ gives us four counsels how we should conduct ourselves in times of persecution. Number one, he says, you have little strength. I know you have little strength. You have kept my commandments. You have not denied my name. You have kept my command to persevere. This is the, what you should do. Though you have big strength or little strength, keep the word of God in your heart. Keep the commandments of God. Strongly adhere to the commandments of God. And under no circumstance should you deny the name of the Lord. And keep the commandment of God to persevere. No matter how much you are persecuted, persevere patiently till the end. That is why concerning the remnants it is written, here is the patience of the saints. You must have great patience to just persevere in the last days. <clears throat> this evening, as I was preparing to come here, I was praying and asking the Lord and just praying for this evening's meeting, asking the Lord to speak and make himself known. And as I was praying, 
I saw the heavens open and I was taken before the presence of the Lord and this is what he said. A second American Revolutionary Civil War is coming. The very thing that is prophesied by Rick Joyner. The Lord specifically told me his name. He said this was shown to him and he has prophesied that. So go and read what he has written about a second American Revolutionary Civil War. It is so appropriate. We are not coinc we are not here in this place get this book by coincidence because this is where the civil war took place. And the word of the Lord comes to you a second American Revolutionary Civil War is coming. Again let me repeat this was prophesied by Rick Joyner. He was shown in a vision, was shown dreams about that, how it will come and what to do. I encourage you to go and read his magazines, read his books because he has received that revelation in greater detail. I'm just giving you an executive summary. Now what is this civil war? This war is against Christians and against their liberties. Brother will turn against brother. Father against his son. And mother against her daughter. Your own family will become enemies. And the Lord Jesus Christ prophesies this in Mark, Mark chapter 13 verse 12. And Luke chapter 21 verse 16. Now what shall we do? This is coming. I pleaded before the Lord. Like I always do. Lord is there a way out? What should your people do? So the Lord gave four counsels. Four things. Number one. Pray that you don't lose your religious liberty. Pray ardently. Pray sincerely. Your very life depends on that. Individually, in prayer groups, gather together in your homes, gather like-minded Christians together in your home, or like what our ministry does in the US. My associate here, stand up John and Bonnie. These are my associates in the US. They live in Moravian Falls. And they maintain a prayer line. Is it every Tuesday? Every Thursday. A network of intercessors connect together through Skype and they all intercede and pray. So you can do something like that. You do that too? Oh wonderful. Just like that. See, like-minded Christian. There's one group here. You can do the same thing. Maybe after this meeting you can ask them how they do. And you can form a group and pray together. See, one will put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand to flight. So pray ardently that you don't lose your religious liberties. Number two, pray that you will escape from all this wrath to come. Pray that you escape. Escape meaning, it can mean two things. Taken out of this or hidden. Hidden somewhere. Number three, pray for your children and protect them from indoctrination 
of evil ways. In Sweden, they have now make it mandatory that every child that goes to kindergarten should be taught that he is not a male or female. It's mandatory, you know. It's little three years old, five years old. They are told, do you think you are male? No. Do you think you are a female? No. You may become a female. You may become a male. Or you can become a drag queen. Or you may not even know who you are. Little, little ones. And they will grow up with that thinking, what will they become? A nation of gays. Now, such education is spreading all over the world right now. All over the world. Even in the US, it has begun. So pray that your children will be protected from such indoctrination of evil ways. And number four, fast and pray that you will stand strong against the evil days. That you stand strong. No matter what happens, you will stand strong. I strongly feel in my spirit right now that the Lord Jesus Christ is putting his two hands over his face and weeping over the US like how he wept over Jerusalem. And I hear the Holy Spirit tell me, Son of man, no matter how much you shouted and cried to them. They are dull of hearing. They will leave this place and go back on their own ways. And the Lord Jesus Christ is asking you a question now. Is there faithful remnant here? Is there anyone who will stand in the gap before me and take my hand and plead for their nation? Is there anyone who will throw himself before my face and groan for the sins of the land? Is there anyone who will groan and weep for the sins that are taking place in the churches and the ministers? Is there anyone? If you can say, I am the one Lord, then drop to your knees right down.